0: Welcome Sacramento Soccer fans to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host Luis and in today's show we're going to be talking about uh, a former Sac Republic player who was out on loan that is now going to be going back with us right at the end of the season. Perfect timing uh, to see our uh, former player back with uh, the Old Glory Red. Also we're going to be speaking about the game that literally just ended minutes ago, Sac Republic at San Antonio in Our thoughts on it, as well as taking a look at the standings. uh, What does the playoff picture look like? And what is our mathematical uh, needs to be able to actually host a match in the playoffs? So all that on tonight's show. So let's go ahead and introduce our co-hosts. And actually, before I get to that, let me say this. Like the first time that we actually don't have Sharon or Jared on the show Uh, because Sharon's birthday is actually going to be this Sunday. So if you all see her or if you want to send us a message on socials, tag us. uh, We'll pass on the message to her. But uh, happy birthday to to Sharon. Uh, We hope she's having a great time. She's actually at an event in Elk Grove. Uh, Not quite for her birthday, but might as well should be (laughs) for her birthday as well. Uh, But tomorrow she's going to be um, pretty busy as well. So um, hope she has a good birthday there. And then Jared is actually at a music festival in Tempe. So both both having a good time. I uh, hope all is good. Uh, but luckily, we have two awesome people who actually have stepped in to be our rotation for this episode. And let me go ahead and first introduce Ryan Strange on the show. Welcome back, man. How's it going?
1: Going good. Going good. A little, little sad that um, our team didn't pull it off, but... We're still in a good position. so.
0: Yeah, luckily we're still in playoffs. All is good on that front. And, you know, we gave the first place team a good match, I think, right, as well. We'll talk more about here later. But 1-0 is not a bad result against a team that is in first place and playing away as well. Uh, Next, let's go to the person that I like to always refer to as Sac Republic's biggest fan because if you've been to a game there's probably a 99.9% chance that you've seen him, <laughs> even in the way game as well. And that is our good friend, Ray Bear. Welcome, man. How's it going? Hey, it's going good, Luis. Glad to have you on too. And I, and I know that the listeners can't see our, our cameras right now too, but Ray Bear is in full on Ray Bear outfit right now. And that's so cool. I like to see that, man, even in away matches, you know, you're, you're sporting your gear. Well, well, thanks,
2: Luis. And you know, I always got to support. I appreciate the call up to the podcast. You know, Coach Urbano, I'm sure this will be an amazing performance. You'll want to have me back every week.
0: Oh, awesome. Hey, yeah. Hey, if if that's how it is, we might be some of these rotations might be uh permanent for the time being. <laughs> um you so Jared Sharon, watch out because they perform well. Y'all might be might be the new rotation players. So. <laughs> Um, and he called you coach, so that's a uh, that's a huge plus. Yeah, you know Sharon and Jared never call me coach, so I think uh, <laughs> I mean Sharon hey, calls do, me the back. Where's
2: the podcast coach?
0: Yeah, yeah. So th- th- they got the message. I'm sure they're listening to this too, and you know they might start doing that. But uh, hey, Ray Bear gets points already, so you guys gotta step it up. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and uh, start the show as we usually like to start the show by giving our colossus of gratitude, right? Our um, signs of appreciation over things that have happened over the last week or so. So uh, Ray Bear, Ryan, you know, you both are welcome to also share some of yours, if you have any. So whoever would like to go first, if you have any, um, you know, we, we invite you to do so. I would first
2: like thank uh the U.S. Soccer Association for imposing a critically harsh fine of uh, the low four figures on or on Orlando City SC for uh, Spygates. Um, I know this will really break the bank of them, so I appreciate the them coming down hard.
0: Yeah, that, that was quite a fine, right? I mean, it's a it's a big deal, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, my travel there was also in the low four figures.
0: Yeah. It's a very good way to incentivize
1: all teams moving forward. Spy, we won't really penalize you for it. We'll congratulate you with a couple thousand dollar fine.
0: Yeah, they definitely had the opportunity to, you know, set something right and, you know, to show everyone that, hey, we're serious about it. We don't care who you are, but they unfortunately didn't. And yeah, you're right. Same thing might be happening next time. And, you know, they're just going to have their, their four figures to, to pay. Right. Basically, whatever they make, you know, in, in food in one section for one match. <laughs> you got a
1: team uh, payroll that's twenty two million dollars. And they paid a couple thousand dollars a spine. Yeah, shows how lopsided that is.
0: Yeah, it's like I said, they it, it shouldn't have even find anything at that point. Just say that, you know, you didn't find anything. No one gets fined because it just, yeah, it just becomes a big joke when when they do that. And yeah, I, I don't know how they thought that would be received well. <laughs> so, Ryan, do you do you have any as well?
1: Like just gratitude in general. So I mean. I guess you can say it's not necessarily soccer related, uh, but uh, me and my wife, we just went through IVF again, and hopefully this time it sticks and we're excited to hopefully bring a child into this world. So very thankful and uh, hopeful for it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I wish you the best, man. And, and really, I mean, I know how much you guys have been going through that. So hopefully, Hopefully things can work out for you guys. Um, as, as far as I go, I want to give a colossal gratitude out to Sharon. Uh, I mentioned earlier it's her birthday and whatnot, but this Wednesday she's actually inviting some of us to uh, join her for the match and VIP section. As some of you might know, she has a VIP there. And last year we had a blast. That was the only time that I'd ever been in that section. And this year she's doing the same thing for some of us. And you know, nothing but gratitude. We know how expensive those tickets are there and being able to uh, spend the day with her there is going to be really awesome. And I am really looking forward to uh, Wednesday's game. So thank you so much, Sharon, for doing that. And also another one out to you too, right? For stepping in and uh, taking over Sharon and Jared's uh, spot here for the podcast. And you know, I know it was a last minute request. So thank you guys for um, joining us on the show. All right. Yeah, my pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and get right to our topics of the episode today. Uh, first things first, right? We literally found this out uh, a couple of days ago, and that is that a former guy who had been loaned out to FC Cincinnati 2, Mario Pinagos is actually going to be back with us right on time, right for playoff time. And it looks like he might be eligible to possibly play on Wednesday, right? We'll see if he is there or not too, but... um in his time with FC Cincinnati 2, he actually uh, was able to get seven appearances in uh, 14 games that they have played so far. So in total, he got about 159 minutes and actually got his second ever career goal with them against Toronto FC 2, uh, which would actually have uh, equalized the score in the 79th minute then. So not too bad for him, right? I mean, we would have wished he would have gotten more playing time than... Just, uh, you know, the uh, seven games out of 14, but still good for him, right, to get any playing time over there. And especially when you're training with an MLS squad, I think that's, uh, you know, points for for the guy too. And um, I think we definitely needed him back. And, and this is a good time to get him back on the team sheet and hopefully giving him some minutes uh, off the bench. But uh, what do you guys think about this too? Uh, we really
2: need some more help in the midfield. I hate to bring it back to last uh, the game. Just moments ago, but getting the ball from our side to the attacking side, we just really fell down in a lot of the midfield for most of the match. And then I was seeing all these subs we were making. And, you know, it's like we're throwing striker, striker, striker. Like, well, somebody has to be in the middle to transfer it. And man, players look tired. And, well, I don't remember what it was like to be 20, but you have way more energy when you're 20 than you have when you're in your 30s, like some of our players. So bringing that energy down the pitch when we got. Another game in just three, four days. I uh, hope he's hope his legs are fresh. And by the amount of time uh, Cincinnati has given them, they better be fresh.
1: Yeah. Another thing, too, just to kind of talk a little bit about uh, a couple of the appearances that he did for SC Cincinnati. Um, since he's been there, his success rate for passing, which, you know, it's very important, not just possession, but passing. But not just passing in general, but long passing to get it over to our forwards to move the ball down the field. He's actually done fairly well. I mean, passing in general, he's been almost 85% completion rate, which is really good. And on top of that, the long pass rate completion is 57%. So he's been able to get the ball down the field from long range. Not that that's what you're trying to do every single time, but to have that and showing that he's done that while being away um, i think is nice to know um, and see that he's had some success with the distribution of the ball so other than that i mean it looks good the the one thing i did notice based on looking at the statistics though again it's the interesting part is houses defense right not that he's only going to be specifically on the defense side but I'd, i'd be curious i just haven't seen him play in a while so i wonder how uh, that's going to play into the role for midfield for him.
2: Yeah, it seems like to me a lot this season, uh, Republic's been playing a lot of the long ball, you know, trying to target uh, Malik up top, getting the midfielder that can pass a little bit deeper beyond, you know, um, some other different play styles might be interesting to see how well he matches. Because, uh, you know, I've seen uh, Luis Felipe this week, uh, frankly, all season, he you know, he has such a rock of a leg. And if Mario's a leg that can kick that up and keep up speed, you know, being a good rotation player is really what the team probably needs right now.
1: Well, if he, if he does what he's been doing at FC Cincinnati too, then he's going to fit in well for that perspective. And that will help us assuming that can uh, translate over.
2: Yeah. Always a translate, you know, when you've been away for months, you know, there's a bit of chemistry issue. And I have to imagine how well gelled this team is. And regardless of the result tonight, you know, the last two before that, you know, you can't get much better than that at the team gelling. So I hope he is able to get some playing time just to see the player grow with us. Uh, But, you know, this might be a 80th minute sub when we're up by two or down by two at this pace.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting how coach uses him, right? Because I feel like he'll be in the bench on Wednesday, right? Considering that we just played today. Wednesday, you're going to see a lot of players that didn't get a lot of minutes and, I don't know. Maybe he might even show up in the starting eleven if you know he chooses to do that. But I definitely see him on the bench, and we'll have to see you know how he comes to us now, right, after being away for a couple of months. But I applaud the team in doing that. I think we should do that with more academy players. You know, uh, send them out on these uh, short-term loans, and maybe do it at the beginning of the season, right? So they have more uh, playing time with the team they're going to get loaned out with. But uh, I think it's good that they do that because there's a lot of good players that sadly they're not getting as much minutes. Right. I mean, for them, right. Because that means that the team is just doing that good that, you know, we, we don't have uh, that many players injured and they have some backup players there, but there's other players like uh, Tiago, right. That he's been doing pretty good, but you know, realistically he's not going to get that much opportunities because, you know, you got other guys that are our starters, right. I mean, he, he might get subbed in as we've seen him in the past, but, you know, the guy could use more minutes, right? Just like Hayden Sarge's did, you know, in his time. And so I think when you have guys like that, it's just best just to loan them out, whether it's to an MLS uh, academy side or, you know, USL league one, league two side, but let them get more minutes somewhere and have them come back. And, you know, maybe they're going to be a different player when they come back. So it'll be interesting to see how the guy makes a comeback with Republic. And, you know, we know Mario Pinagos has done good in the past, so I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what, what he brings to us, right, from his time over there at FC Cincinnati.
1: Well, not trying to take anything away from Mario, just because you mentioned about uh, uh, Santiago. Uh, oh, hopefully I got it right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Excuse me if I got it wrong. Santiago um, is actually with Lee Desmond done for the year we're only going to see more of him actually Mm -hmm. um, at this point of the season now obviously it's not that much left of the season but um, I think we're going to see a lot more of him obviously we're going to see more Duke LaCroix Mm -hmm. oh my goodness I can't speak today Duke LaCroix as well Um, and it's going to be interesting you know uh, when you really look at our roster really the ones that aren't really getting a ton of attention this year is Sosa, right you kind of see him, but you really have it, but what's interesting is he actually has been in eighteen games, but it doesn't seem like he's been in eighteen games this season when you when you really think about it, it just doesn't seem like it um and then Rafa Rafa just not getting any time. I don't know why Rafa isn't playing as much, obviously, I know with the squad, so much death, but I just thought I'd see him more. And to me, more than shocking at anyone this season, not trying to sidetrack anything. But I still can't figure out why is Emil Cuello not playing as much. But when he does play, he makes a significant impact in the game. Um, that's a little bit different and it just seems like he's underutilized for our team, even coming off the bench.
2: Well well, I mean for Quayo himself, I feel like it's just a crowded midfield for what we I do. I mean, Roro, Luis Felipe, Kecko, like there's already a lot of skill right there. Matt Lagrassa. So when you're, I, I mean, definitely I think the back line was the best part of this team, but the midfield was nothing at all to um, laugh at this season.
1: But I'll leave it to this for you guys. And doubt it doesn't lie. Every game this year, uh, over the last I think it's the last 10 games, it's not maybe a little bit longer, but every single time from what it looks like Cuello has started, he's either scored a goal or got an assist for us when he starts. When he doesn't start, you don't see that. So what's interesting is he's been very effective when he starts the game and he's done very well for us. That's why I bring up the thing of why isn't he used as much um, this season? um obviously there were some things in the beginning of the year but since mid-season i don't know i just thought just because his productivity that would translate to more minutes
0: yeah but we'll see what happens right here at the close of the season too and you know if he gets more opportunities to get more minutes i I know today we could have probably seen him a little bit more right in my opinion he got something a little bit later than i had hoped for but and this was this was a good match to also play, him in, Right? Let's remember he came from San Antonio, so you know he's. I'm sure he had some, you know, good feelings of wanting to score against them. So, yeah, I, I would have put him earlier too. And we, we, you know, he had a couple of opportunities and all that too. So, you know, you one could only imagine if you get more time, maybe he he might get one of those and not up to rush <laughs> to try and, and get something. Uh, So that's happening again. Mario Penagos uh, coming back to us and, you know, we'll see again how many minutes he gets. And honestly, if he doesn't get that many minutes, I I think he might be leaving Sac Republic. I I don't think he would stay another season. Uh, And, you know, whether it's League One or, you know, somewhere else, uh, I think that he might be in search of another spot, which again, you can't blame those players because they, They definitely need more um, playing time themselves as well. So let's move on to uh, the game that, as I mentioned, literally just ended about uh, half an hour ago here as of recording time. Uh, Our game at San Antonio, 1-0 loss, just barely in a scoreline that isn't too bad for us, right? Considering that, you know, San Antonio's first place, they're playing at home. Um, They're always a difficult team to play against, right? I mean, we beat them at home 1-0 and we know the games against them are always uh, close you never know what's going to happen and that's exactly what happened in this match right I mean all that San Antonio needed was a wonder goal right I mean it's probably going to be goal of the week right I know it's it's sad for us to have to hear that but you know I I think there was nothing that Danny V could do in that goal to stop it it's just one of those shots that you see scored like once every like 30 shots, right? <laughs> what, what did you guys think?
2: Well, San Antonio really looked like the better team for probably the first 30 minutes of that match. You know, lots of good shots. The ball wasn't getting upfield. But I, even after that first goal, at least Sacramento started fighting back. The start of the second half was really exciting, lots of opportunities. Um, but I, I hate to say in the, most of the second half, it was, I think the players were looking really slow. Uh, I don't know if it was the heat in San Antonio but they weren't making a lot of cuts. You know, I saw a lot of people ball watching, just waiting to make a play, but then when a defender from San Antonio is on you, like, you can't get open. So that was kind of something a little disappointing to see in a lot of our players, where I think they were waiting for somebody else to make the play um, up until the last couple minutes, but, you know, the last couple minutes is when you're uh, throwing everybody at it.
1: I agree. I mean, the first 30 minutes, San Antonio just looked really good. Um, I know in the first half that I believe Malik Foster had that shot on goal. Um, Fortunate they didn't go the way it was. We loved it to go, but those things are going to happen. We had a couple of good shots, but we just didn't have a lot of good shots on the goal. Um, And, you know, all it took is one – Team that was going to make the first goal, this that was probably going to win this game. um I didn't see this as being a team that was going to score three, four goals on us at this point of the year. San Antonio, I mean, and I didn't see us scoring three, four goals against San Antonio either. So,
2: no, oh no, it, it you know, for for at least on our attack, it, it felt like we really couldn't get a good opportunity. And frankly, all the good opportunities were it felt like in stoppage time, you know, when. Although I know Luis Felipe has had some real nice shots from outside the box, when you're taking three, four, 25, 30 yards out of the box, those are desperation shots. And yeah, one in 10, one in 20 go in, um, but that's not really where you get your expected goals. You get your expected goals by being in the box as close to where the keeper is standing as possible. They were just never in the position to line up. Because one thing that was kind of frustrating is a lot, the energy all came out after I think Channing Gomez's red card. And yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. it was a little soft of a card. Definitely not malicious. Like, you know, I I think he just did a dumb challenge. Um, And then the player's like, hey, they're down the player. We got 15 minutes to go. But they just um, took that response to actually pull up the extra energy because, you know, whether if it was the substitutions or what, it just, didn't come together that last 15 minutes where the energy was finally showing up.
1: Yeah. You know, the other thing too is ever since watching Dami, the also play, I've always loved how he performs every game. And this game, I just didn't see that same type of level of energy that you typically see out of them, uh, which was interesting though. Like even if you watched them when it was heat or humid, Like in Orlando, he did pretty well. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just an off game, right? Every player can have an off game, you know. I think if he was able to get going a lot more, then that would have helped. I think Keiko getting uh, subbed out early didn't help us either. I thought Keiko was starting to do good and pick back up. Um, But also tough when you got to manage minutes.
2: Yeah. You know, I do want to do a shout. out to Duke Lacroix, he had a real nice touch in front of the goal. Got got into the box. You know, didn't didn't connect at the end. But you know, I thought it was the the. You, you know, one one thing I want to compare Duke Lacroix versus Malik Foster. Malik Foster obviously had one of the fastest paces in all of USL. Heck, he was going, going against probably against MLS players faster. But he doesn't always necessarily have that touch to challenge the other player. While Duke LaCroix is also relatively fast for a defender or a winger, but I've seen Duke LaCroix actually make a lot of those nice touches, those nice dribbles to allow the play to continue. So if you are if you are the opposition to Sacramento, you say, hey, they're sending Malik Foster, fast guy, has not that bad of a touch, but if you just slow him down and stop him, then he's not that dangerous. And I think that's the game plan that's kind of showed up in the last couple of games. Well, if they can shut them down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Just a fun fact, not trying to get off, but because you mentioned his speed and pace, and you are talking about Malik Foster's pace, I asked him actually earlier in the season, I said, hey, you're really fast. Do you think you're the fastest player on the team? And he says, Luther Archam is the fastest. Then comes Malik Foster, then him. And I'm like, (laughs) what? Because I don't know, it just seems (laughs) like, Duke is the fastest, but I can see how Luther is just because he is fast, but he has longer legs. Mm -hmm. So it's just very interesting how – because I always look at Duke as being the fastest on the team. Just the way he hustles and when he's further back and you see him going back to cover for defense and you you just see how hard he runs, Mm -hmm. it's just – it's impressive.
0: And I don't know if you guys noticed too, but one thing that was kind of annoying me too was the fact that there were a couple of ghost passes, right? Which is what I like to call them, right? When you know, guy puts a ball to no one, right? No one's so in the many area. of those, and so many of those. I, I was like, "Come on, guys! Like, th- this is this isn't the beginning of the season, right? We're getting close to playoffs, and if we're having these right now, it's it's a bit worrisome, right? As as we think into playoff time, because. You won't want to just like leave the ball out and you know risk a counterattack or whatnot. And I hope coaches like trying to get those things fixed because if you don't have a man that's clear to pass the ball, don't pass it, right? I mean, don't you, or don't assume that someone is going to make a move and just pass it, right? So I, I hope that really gets fixed.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I noticed that too tonight because there have been I think some of the most impressive plays this season was where. You had the two, three, four, five players all link up for some quick through passes uh for a shot on goal. But that did not happen today. Um, why is that? Was it fatigue, communication, or something? But that really beautiful touch of the quote beautiful game just wasn't there today. And um yeah, that if I could point to one thing, that would be why there was no goal today.
0: Yeah, that that, that really could yeah. be. Yeah.
1: You just, it's interesting how the last two games against London, against uh, Loudon, sorry, and then Orange County, you just watch how they flowed, right? And the argument is, well, they are like some of the last place teams, but it's just the way they flow. And yeah, this is a little bit more, obviously a much stronger team. I mean, it shows in their standings,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you didn't see a lot of those connections up. They were making it look like it was so easy, against Orange County last week. Um I just thought that we'd see a little bit more of that. Uh and you're right. I there were certain passes. It it's like it it made it seem like some of the passes they were doing is they barely would touch the ball and they barely would move and it was nowhere near and close the sight of, of someone. And it made no sense, but I don't I just don't know what they were trying to do in those instances.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the communication on the pitch must have been, but it felt like to me people weren't making the cuts in anticipation of somebody to pass it along to them. So you would see somebody in the midfield holding the ball, you know, right at the center line, looking for somebody, somebody to make a play, but everyone's just like, somebody else will make a play. And so that gives the opportunity for San Antonio to press, shut everything down and try to make a counterattack. And well, San Antonio, at least for 85 minutes, was the better team today. And well, (laughs) one.
0: You know, a guy that I was surprised uh, to not actually start this game is actually Luis Felipe. I I think he should have been a starter because most of the San Antonio players are tall, right? I mean, there's only like three, four short guys on on the pitch, right? And poor Malik Foster, right? Trying to win those balls against a, you know, Mitch Tainer that we know is is pretty tall and a couple of other uh, San Antonio defenders. And, you know, that doesn't quite cut it, you know? So I feel like, in addition to Luis Olipe, actually should have been um, Luther, who should have gotten the starter role for this match because of that. Because there's a lot of balls that Malik just, he tried, right? I mean, we know he could jump, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he's still probably going to lose against the tall defenders. And not just that, right? But some of the short guys on San Antonio's side, right? Like PC and Parano are in the midfield. And if you would have had Luis Felipe there, you know, he could have no- had his presence known, right, <laughs> from the get-go. So little things like that, I-, I don't know why, you know, those things were decided that way. And and we saw when Luis Felipe was subbed in, right? I mean, he had a couple interesting opportunities, um, some shots that were out of target, but still we know the guy isn't going to be afraid to pull a shot and he's gotten some goals from that. So y- you always appreciate those players that, you know, are not afraid to pull a long-distance shot. So...
2: Yeah, with the game coming up on Wednesday, I don't know if that was a rotation call because he's just been such a consistent player. Probably he's in the conversation for best player on the team this season.
0: Oh, yeah, without a doubt, especially after the cup run. I mean, Luis Felipe was like fundamental, in my opinion, just for for us to get as far as we did. I mean, he he had some of those goals. What was pretty clear
2: to me is they were marking Foster from the start, you know, I mean. Mitch Tainter did have a pretty dirty foul on him, you know, Mm. already shoved him over and then stepped on the foot. That was, uh, you know, I'm just happy. That was the least dirty thing we've seen from Mitch Tainter in the last few years.
0: Yeah. That, that was a really aggressive foul and it's sad that no one saw that right. I mean, he got the yellow for the initial foul, but yeah, if, if people go back and look at the replay, he not only fouls him initially, but he also steps on him and, you know, one would say it's intentional. I, I feel like it is, but the fact that you do it right and you're walking and you clearly see the guy in the floor, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of hard for anyone to defend his action there. And, you know, sadly, it's one of those things, again, we don't have VAR, you know, no one saw that and he just gets the yellow and, you know, it, it makes a big difference. Right? I know Maloney had another one right against um, Malik as well. If you guys remember that one where it went out of bounds and, um sadly you know (laughs) the linesman was blocked right he couldn't really see the elbow but yeah the the elbow to the
2: ribs on foster he takes the hard ball and it's like oh well no it's a goal kick like yeah uh, yeah but you know if that's that's the nature of the game you know the dark arts and soccer are alive and well in usl
0: yeah yeah when you don't have var I mean that that's that's how the game used to be <laughs> when yeah. most of the you know first division leagues did not have VAR, right? They, they used to do those things. I mean, there's a lot of things that should have been called and, and weren't called. but yeah, will we see VAR in USL? probably never, sadly. Um, unless you know Prorail becomes a the thing, then I think that might be a whole different story. but yeah, so th- that's that's what occurred. And the red card for Shannon Gomez, I mean, it was a double yellow card and i don't know what you guys think but the guy deserved it long time ago right i i don't know how many fouls he did maybe five or six and you know the referee just wasn't pulling the yellow until that finally happened so if anything you know it, it was an accumulation of fouls that just added on that led to uh that red card right that you guys mentioned well right it gives more opportunities at the end of the game uh also as well and you know, one thing that I'm questioning here is as uh, I look at the stats. Um, Google mentions that Dan Casey got a red card in the hundredth minute. I don't know if you guys saw something, but uh, I checked the Twitter pages for uh, Soccer Public and San Antonio, and I don't see anything about that. But apparently, it's marked on here.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I when I saw it on there, I was like, that can't be right. I don't remember seeing anything. They didn't show anything that I can recall, so I have no idea what that's about.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that that isn't true, right? But I guess, you know, we never know, right? It could have happened post-game and, you know, we just didn't Mm -hmm. see it in the broadcast because let's recall, right, there was a play that should have been a PK for us, right, towards the end of the game where Dan Casey got fouled, right? And after that, you know, he had to step out of the pitch, right, because they they came in to assist them. And then when he got back in the pitch, he was pretty angry, right? I mean, you could see it on, on TV. And so I wouldn't be surprised if post-game, you know, he had some words with the referee, referee pulled the red card. But if this is true, right, I mean, we're going to try and confirm it and see if this is actually the case. I mean, this is a pretty big, uh, you know, a miss for us on Wednesday to not have him against Phoenix, because not only are we would we not have him, but um, as y'all may have already heard, Rodrigo Lopez, who we thought was going to miss this match um, on the last podcast uh, when, when we were looking at that, apparently he needed one more yellow card and now he's going to be out for the next two games. So th- that's that's a pretty big hit for us. And, you know, these last four games in the season that we won't have him for two out of those four. So Yeah, Dan, Dan yep.
2: Casey after the not called PK was rather than old glory red. I I can't imagine what he was barking at the ref bar, and rightfully so. But, you know, if the match is over and you're still barking, well, they can still pull the card on you.
0: Yeah, and if that was the case, then, you know, I, I understand everyone's mad. You're frustrated because they didn't give you a call, but the match is over, right? And even before the match, right, I mean... There's nothing much that can be done. There's no VAR. The referee isn't gonna just, you know, change his mind, right? Because you keep in- insisting. But if you get it after the game, that you know, it's even more responsible on your part to, you know, do that. So hopefully, hopefully, Google is lying to us. But I have a feeling that that is what happened. I don't think they would just put it on here if, if it wasn't, especially as they label it in the hundredth minute. So,
1: yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, it's going to be a bummer losing Roro. But at the same time, we're looking good heading the playoffs at this moment. So having them get that extra rest doesn't mean necessarily it's bad. Even though it's the wrong time, we can still use them. Dan Casey, yeah, he got a red card. But now this gives more minutes to uh, some other players that we want to see. Um, like Thiago, and uh when you really look at the teams that we really are going to play against, you would think we should win them anyways, regardless without them. Phoenix and LA Galaxy two. So just knowing that, I'm still comfortable and confident knowing we still got quality to be able to go through those two games without them, even though I would think it would be easier with them to win them, but we're still looking good. So I'd rather have it happen now than let's say going into the last game of the year. And then also Roro can't play the first game of the playoff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. It's good. that We're seeing it happen now and especially with Roro, right? Because he was just one yellow card away from that. So it's almost like, all right, (laughs) get, get your break. You know We'll see you in a week and a half and uh, we won't be, you know, uh, fearing that yellow card and you missing out on playoffs because, yeah, Roro needs to be there. I mean, it's a playoff game. Uh, if there's anyone that has to be there, it's him. He knows how to play playoffs. So um, you need I the thought, guy out there.
1: I thought very long and hard about that one, so we took a negative to a positive.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm glad. Yeah, it, it's good that, that we did that too. And especially with Dan Casey too, we we just talked about Thiago. Um, there's a perfect opportunity for him to, step in the match and and you know get get some minutes too and maybe coach was going to do that anyway so it just kind of all <laughs> all worked out and he was probably like you know what I'm not mad at you you know you did what you did you got a red card yeah it sucks that you got it but it was post game and I wasn't even going to play you <laughs> or you were going to be on the bench so <laughs> the, well, you that's have the it.
2: optimistic take
0: <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to hold ourselves right because we're like come on guys like you, you could have you know, been been with us against Phoenix because we want to be Phoenix, right? No one likes Phoenix, right? Especially after what happened, uh, you know, a couple of seasons ago. And so, you know, it, you know, it's it's going to be a different game, right? But Phoenix is trying to get into playoffs though. So um, that, that adds on to the challenge. And speaking of playoffs, um, you know, let's go ahead and take a look at the standings. How are things looking like? Uh, for us after this game right now. And uh, with uh, most games already here uh, played too, I know there's a San Diego Las Vegas game going on right now too, but uh, right now we're still sitting in fourth place, 49 points. And we're finally caught up with games played with New Mexico, who also has 30 games played and 43 points. So they are six points behind us. And here's the moment where we start doing math, right? For anyone who doesn't like doing math, don't worry. I got you right now even though I don't like math myself, but here we go. Um, So we have four games left in the season. There's 34 games total played, uh, which means that there's 12 points remaining. And so with the difference that we have with New Mexico of six points, we basically would have to lose three games and then New Mexico actually uh, win their games for them to catch up to us. Um, You know, could that happen? I mean, it could happen, right? I mean, anything can can happen here. but we have a good cushion of six points. And of course, again, it, New Mexico would have to win uh, three out of the four games in order for that to happen and us lose and whatnot as well. Um, so we're looking good on that front, right? If New Mexico loses the next one, then at that point, we could almost say it's good, but we will probably still have to wait uh, to the following game. Uh, but above us is Colorado, who just tied earlier today. Um, they're sitting with 32 games played, 52 points just three points away from us, two more games than we do. So we still have a shot at getting third place, which is going to make sure we get the win either on Wednesday or on Saturday. One of those two days, we got to get the win to catch up to them in uh, points there. And above them, San Diego right now, uh, as of our recording, they're beating Las Vegas 2-1. So that puts them at 58 points uh, with that scoreline momentarily. 31 games played one more than we do so they are right now uh sitting at nine more points than we do but one more game uh played there so if we win the next match we could be six points away from them and you know in the event that they lose a match we win another match then as i keep saying we would go into that last game against san diego fighting for second place there so that's what we hope for. That would just make that last game even more exciting for us to, you know, have a chance at being a player on the table. But well, we'll have to see what happens, and maybe even Las Vegas man just to pull a tie here uh, towards the end of the game, and you know, it changes the the whole scenario there. Um, of course, San Antonio who uh, got the win earlier, seventy points, thirty-one games played at this point. They got first place secured thanks to the victory. Earlier, um, below us uh, and below New Mexico is actually El Paso with 31 games played, 43 points, uh, so just uh, one more than we do. And then uh, it's getting interesting by the week with uh, who's going to get that last playoff ticket there where you got RGB Toros in seventh with 42 points. Oakland's got 40. Monterey's got 40. Uh, Las Vegas is losing. has got 37 and and so on right those those 36 phoenix 33 and orange county last with 32 um so it's interesting you got a lot of teams that are right there trying to claw their way into uh playoff territory and as you mentioned earlier ryan next two games are against two teams that aren't in playoffs right phoenix uh which is next 33 points 30 games played i mean they are Nine points away from seventh place RGB Toros right now, and with 12 games remaining, I mean, it looks highly unlikely, right? Of them to be able to actually catch up <laughs> with the nine-point difference. Uh, but either way, I mean, we know it's Phoenix, we know that you know anything can happen, and they're still gonna try and get those three points. But guys, if, if there was no better satisfaction than beating Phoenix, if we beat Phoenix on Wednesday. Now we could say that they're officially eliminated from playoffs. So we could be that team that screws their playoff chance. Yeah, I'm really excited so, yeah. to
2: shut down the playoff chances of 12th
0: seed. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well,
1: what's interesting too, though, is when you look at the number eight and nine spot right now, out of any of those teams actually right there, the El Paso, not necessarily El Paso, Rio Grande, Oakland, and Monterey, Monterey looking really good right now. If you just look at the games that they played against, San Diego, they beat them three to one. Orange County, one zero. Indy, five zero. They tied Phoenix. Okay. They just tied Miami. Okay. But this month, they haven't lost a game. So that's scary. And then they're going to play Las Vegas. And then next month, it's really, they got Tampa Bay. Right. That's going to tell you how well they are if they're mm-hmm. in form because they are in form right now. That's scary right now to know. Then they play Tulsa and Rio Grande. So technically, Monterey Bay is in a good position. They could make a play, get in the playoffs. Still, Oakland, flip a card. We don't know which way it's going to go. <laughs> Monterey is what I'd be paying attention to because they're looking scary right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Coach Briggs was just saying the other day, about when does your team want to get hot? When do you gel? When do you get a momentum? If you're getting a momentum in the last three games and there's a three-point difference between the fifth seed and the tenth seed right now, this is a great time to get hot.
1: And they've scored 12 goals in five games, Monterey has. That's scary when you think about it. That's a lot of goals in five games. So they are got to cool off, but <laughs> I don't want to play against them going into playoffs or even close to them.
0: Yeah, but Monterey is the team that no one is going to want to get seated with, right? Because like you said, they're on a hot roll. I mentioned it here before. It, it's really impressive what they've done, right? Because they started off the season really terrible, right? Bad numbers. I didn't even give them any chance at playoffs, right? Mid Midway through the season. And then out of nowhere, where they started getting all these wins and just moving up really quick up in the table. And now, yeah, I, I see them in playoffs too, right? And they have a good chance at it. I mean, they're still having to play one more game to catch up to, say, El Paso's uh, matches played of 31. And if they win that, they're going to be tied right there with El Paso, 43 points each. And, you know, I mean, it's anyone's game in the last, you know, a couple of games that we have remaining here. But, yeah, that is one team that I don't think anyone would want to play against. Um, And and even Oakland, too, I got to say, right? You said, you know, flipping a card and, and whatnot. But if Oakland makes it to playoffs, we know what they did last year and you know that's another team that you just don't know how far they can get so you know it's going to be an interesting close of end of the season too and what to expect and even for us too right I mean I mentioned earlier we have a six point differential from us in New Mexico but you can't leave it up to chance right up to like oh let's hope New Mexico lose a game and then we automatically get the fourth place we got to make sure we get those points and I don't know if today's game, you know, some of the issues that were going on, maybe it's just players feeling like we're in playoffs practically at this point. You know, we have a good cushion with New Mexico, but they need to realize, right? I mean, if in the event that we were to lose the following, uh, I don't know, let's, we could say like the following three games, and then you get a New Mexico that starts winning, even RGB Toros that starts winning, we could be dropped down real low. I mean, we could potentially go down to seventh place, right? Get that, get that last uh, ticket for playoffs. And th- that would be a big blow on us, right? To just be in that situation where you were so close to second place and then you get bumped down to seventh place in the last four games. So the guys need to make sure we get those points and ideally in the next two games. So you're not struggling in those last two games to get points.
1: Yeah, well, just to kind of, Touch up on um, Oakland Roots. Why I think Oakland Roots won't make the playoffs is they got to go against Birmingham, strong team. Hartford, mm-hmm. okay, right. Pittsburgh, I don't know. Just those two of those three last games right there is, might kill them. And that's why I think Monterey has the better chance to make a real legitimate shot to go to playoffs.
2: That Hartford Pittsburgh game, that's travel games and traveling to the east and coast. It is. That's uh, never easy. Never easy. That's a three-hour time difference trying to get up and play a different time. Mm -hmm. Got to factor that into the psychology of this stuff. Yeah. And
1: then when you look at Rio Grande, for example, they got to play against Louisville. I mean, Mm -hmm. if Louisville doesn't want to really play, they don't have to. They're in it. So there is a chance they can win the game, not saying that they will. And they got Memphis. They can beat Memphis. They can beat Phoenix. And then they have to play Monterey, right? So, realistically, Rio Grande to really not make playoffs. I mean, it's going to be a tough match, but Monterey could eventually sneak in.
0: We'll see. Hopefully they do. Like I mentioned, I mean, such a good run. Another California team added to the mix. I, I mean, I, I hope Oakland and Monterey make it. I mean, it just makes for more interesting games. And <laughs> should we play against them? I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough, right? But you got more I want to too. lose. nope I want them to lose
1: don't don't join in nope we got enough competition
0: (laughs) less travel though right too so it it might be better for them right because we well actually I mean I'm over here thinking we're still going to be up again you never know what's going to happen in these last four games with these teams right because even though sure Monterey if they were to win all four games right they would reach 52 points but as I mentioned, right? I mean, you never know we could go on a losing streak. It might be easy for me to say we might beat someone easily, but you just never know what could happen, right? And then you see yourself traveling either to Texas or to Monterey or Oakland, right? So it's it's, well, it's
1: historically since Oakland's been in how we've done against them. They're tough to play against.
0: Mm-hmm. doesn't
1: matter what game it is. they're tough. I don't want to play them. I don't <laughs> even want to take that shot. Monterey. I definitely don't want to take that shot, assuming the form stays the way that it is, right? Assuming, which is tough. So I don't want them a part of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, lots of tough teams right now are currently in the playoff picture. I mean, if, if the season ended today after this game, we would actually be hosting El Paso. That's where we're sitting at right now. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. But if we keep going up, you know, it, it's one of those things where I know you said you wouldn't want to play Monterey and whatnot but in the event that we do manage to get second or third place we might just be playing against them so it's like what do you really do right but of course you want to get more points because you know you want to go up in the table you want to make sure you have you know uh, your home hosting you know should you advance even and out of the first playoff game as well but you know you know that you're going to be getting one of those teams that as much as they might be seventh or sixth plays they're gonna have that motivation of like hey we made it we were out and we made it and so it's it's tough right i mean <laughs> you don't really know what what you really want but at the end of the day we want the team to be higher up in the table and all of us fans they're going to games right and not having to travel away because i think we've done we've done enough away traveling unless we're traveling to the final right which in all likelihood would probably be in the east right since uh basically with the points we have um most of the teams in the east have more than we do basically only miami has 49 points but everyone else has more points than than we do so it's looking like the final might be in the east if it, <laughs> if san antonio doesn't make it so uh that that is that but uh yes yeah, so as i mentioned uh, our next couple of games then we play against phoenix on wednesday um early game 7 p.m uh, start time there and then on sunday actually i know i mentioned saturday before i completely forgot it's gonna be on a sunday actually uh we actually play against Los Dos. 5 p.m is the start time for that unfortunately even if you're in la you can't go to the games anymore but that'll that'll be over with next season because la galaxy 2 is finally leaving (laughs) usl and going to ml's next pro um after that uh, we go back the following sunday to actually host the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, which are doing pretty good in the East, that's going to be a really tough match. It's going to be an interesting match, I'm sure, for Danny V, who you know spent you know some games there with uh, Pittsburgh and did pretty good with them. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that game goes. And then we go back home right the following week on Saturday, October 15th, to end the season, or the regular season against San Diego at 7 p.m. There as well. So as I mentioned before, three games that we're hosting one traveling game over in LA, not so much travel though, but you know, when you're hosting three games, we're hoping for at least six points, right. Out of those three games. I mean, of course you want nine points, but at a minimum six points, let's go guys. You know, you you can get that at least that third place. I think it's, it's all on us. There's no excuse at this point.
1: I think we can get seven points. I think we can tie Pittsburgh. I don't know if we're going to beat San Diego yet. It's just, going to depend on how well we play against the next three games and are we getting in form at the right time.
2: Yeah, the third seed is still in striking distance. If all the pieces come together and look, a 1-0 loss against the best team in the conference, nothing to be too upset about at the end of the day, especially when you're away. So it's just hopefully the form from the Open Cup run and the last two home games continues and then there's a walk into the three seed and hopefully another game or two goes our way and then we'll have a more than just one or two home matches.
0: Yeah, that, that's our hope. I mean, I know we're going to be loud if we get our home playoff match and, you know, it's up to us to just guarantee it and so we don't have to start looking at New Mexico and hope that they lose. And yeah, yeah, we, we it should depend on us because the ball's on our side right now and we have that lead right now to keep at least keep fourth place there in place. So... One last thing here, let's go ahead and look at our uh, predictions for our podcast Winner Dinner competition. And in the last predictions for this game earlier, uh, Jared actually got a point. He said San Antonio would get the first yellow card, which I'm surprised, right? I really thought Sacra Public was going to pull the first yellow. We were close, I think, about by like a minute, somewhere around there too, after they got there first. Uh, But Jared guessed that. So the standings now are as follows. I have 16 points. Sharon has 12 points. And Jared has 11 points. So interesting end of the season here for us. And as I mentioned before, we're going to go into playoffs and still continue this competition. But we're looking a little bit like that. You know, sixth and seventh uh, seed right now is with, you know, all the other teams below them and who can win it. So I think it's anyone's game still. But um, for this following game against Phoenix, uh, this is uh, these are some of the predictions that we have. I say that we win uh, 2-0 seeing Keiko score the first goal, and if Keiko isn't available, then we see Jacker get a second goal, and I see Phoenix getting the first yellow card. Um, Sharon also says 2-0, and before you say it, Sharon, I wrote 2-0 for mine before you sent me your predictions, so I didn't copy you, just wanted to put that out there. And she sees uh, Malik Foster getting the first goal. If he's not there, then she sees Keiko getting the goal, and she also says Phoenix getting the first yellow card. And then finally, Jared says we get a 3-1 score. Malik Foster getting the first goal. And if he's not there, he not Matt like Grosso getting the goal. And then, of course, uh, he also mentioned Phoenix getting the yellow card. So lots of positivity around us three. But I want to hear uh, you guys' predictions as well. So let's first go to you, Ray Bear. What, what's your prediction? Who scores first? And who do you see getting the first yellow?
2: I think uh, Sacramento scores first. I think it's going to be uh, Roro with the goal. And I'm
0: going to guess it's probably a, a nice solid 3-1 win. Ooh, nice. Yeah, that would be really great. What about you, Ren? I think it's
1: going to be much closer than people think, only because it's rivalry and historically the games have always been close. I think it's going to be 1-0 Sacramento. Malik Foster is going to get his eighth goal. And then, of course, I think just because of pure frustration of the season, Phoenix is going to get the first yellow card. And I'm very curious to see if Hayden Sargis is going to play.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, I think he is going to play, right? I mean, he started the game against Monterey that they played. So my, my assumption is that he probably gets um, more playing time, too. I mean, I, I don't know what their situation was there, too. I don't know if it's because um, some defender got injured or whatnot, but I'm assuming that might be what happened, right? That's why he was a late, you know, loan signing that they did. And, and if he does, then it, it'll be interesting seeing Hayden back, Uh, with, you know, Phoenix, not something that we expected, right? We thought he was going to (laughs) be coming back with Ludon a couple of weeks back, but, you know, I guess, you know, we'll we'll see how things go there too. So it'll be interesting seeing him on the other side, especially with, um, you know, one of our top West rivals, which is Phoenix. So be on the lookout for him, um, whether you're watching on TV, or actually going to be there on uh, Wednesday night.
1: And I'm all good for him to plane there, right? Just because we get to see him again. As long as he doesn't do a handball from a corner, a corner kick into the goal, we're good.
0: Yeah, we, we oh, don't need to um, bring up
2: past trauma on this podcast. Everyone's forgotten about that. Work it out through their therapist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Now I gotta say though, if it means a goal for us, right? He could score own goals. It, it could be with the sand as well. We'll take that. We'll take whatever he wants to do. <laughs> he wants to get creative with you know how he scores his own goal, he wants to get down to the ground and like just header the ball in and we'll take on goals too. So, Hey, <laughs> we, we won't be mad <laughs> if he does that, Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, but I, I hope, you know, people, you know, g- greet him there, take pictures if, if you see him around there too, and, you know, just show him that even though he's not wearing the old glory red, you know, we're still happy to, to see him back and to see him playing out there as well. Cool. Well, um, one final reminder for everyone. uh, If you are not aware of our website yet, please check it out sacksoccerpod.com is the place you can listen to our episodes on there too, and also follow all of our social media accounts, which are listed on the page, as well as leave a review for the podcast. Um, I know it's not something we've asked in the past, but if you want to hop on Apple Podcasts um, or on directly on the website, you can leave a review, and it'll actually pop up on the website there as well. So uh, we invite you all to do so. We really appreciate um, those things too. I know we've gotten a couple of ratings, but if you'd like to leave like a written review, um, it would actually show up on the website. So again, check it out on the website. And also if you leave reviews on Apple podcasts, is is the place there too? Ryan Ray bear. Thank you so much guys for being on here. Um, any last final parting words here before we say good night.
2: Hey coach Urbano, if you want to put me in, clearly you have some slackers going to a rave instead of listening to a podcast at nine o'clock at night on a Saturday slackers i'm looking at you jared
1: um i'm excited to see the game coming up this wednesday and hopefully we get the next six seven points and take it to
0: playoffs. awesome well yeah once again thanks guys uh for being on here too we'll definitely invite you guys back on on a future episode y'all know that anytime sharon or jared are out you're the first that will be called up um because you guys did great and there might be an episode where you know we might have to do some rotations i'll have to speak with uh Jared and Sharon and see (laughs) see when that might be um, because uh, you guys did really good and I really appreciate hearing your guys' thoughts and I'm sure all of our audience here did as well. Cool. Well, thank you so much to everyone uh, for listening to us tonight and as always for supporting us. We really appreciate all that and we wouldn't do what we do if it weren't for all your support. So thank you so much. Have a great night, everyone. And uh, we'll see you midweek as we talk about Wednesday's game against Phoenix. And as always, vamos Republic. Let's get those three points on Wednesday. All right, cue the music. What about you, Ryan? I don't know if Ryan's still there. (laughs) I know I could see his fan, but...
1: Yep, I'm still here. No, uh, everything's (laughs) good.